Blog Talk Radio. I need is one mic. Our powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. Wakusu. It's Tuesday, man. Wakusu. Wake up, clean up, stand up. Also, sometimes I throw the K in there. Wakusu. Wake up, king up. King up, black man. And the K for queen. And queen up. Black woman. And stand up. Wakusa, it's your brother, Yankee Kuma, man, coming to you again on Tuesday. Let's talk about it. You know how we do. We're waiting on our brother Shaka to come in. He'll join us shortly. So I'll kick it off like I do, man. I'll kick it off. A day without white people. <laughs> really. I, I Listen, I know it sounds funny, and, you know, it, it is humorous, but it's so serious. Shaka and I were talking earlier today, and we were just talking about the whole thing, you know, from COVID-19 to the recent uprisings and the uh, unrest amongst the masses of black Africans in America. And what we had come to when we, you know, were talking about just our way was, you know, naturally white supremacy is going to factor in. But we came up with the conclusion that really what we need is social cultural distancing. Social cultural distancing. And from that social cultural distancing, we really came with like, could we do a day without white people? Could we, of our own accord and fruition, not go around a white person? Do we have it like that? Do we have the fortitude, the stamina? Do we have the resolve? Do we have the willpower? Because some of us are addicted to white people. You know you are. You know you are. It don't feel right if it ain't white or if ain't no white in sight. So do we have the resolve that with which is in us to stay away from white people? And and if we don't, because I know we're not going to really have uh, like the means, like the institutions and stuff. We have to go to grocery stores and things of that nature. And, and people have to go to work. So Shockhead also added, and I agree, if you have to work with white people, can you not speak to them? And if your job dictates that you speak to them, can you only speak to them in as much as is necessary to get your job done? I mean, bare minimal. Can you do that? And what would that look like for you? I thought this was interesting because it opened up so many things for me, man. I mean, not just did it uh, have a great conversation about it. It really set my mind to racing. One, it showed me, you know, on the humorous tip, let me just be funny with it. Can you imagine if black folks had just stopped speaking to white people? That if we just stopped coming around and around them, we intentionally avoided them. In fact, we do them like they do us sometimes, start locking, you know, locking our car doors. Sisters start clutching your pocketbooks. 
you know, really just avoiding them. And when you did have to be around them, just look at them and not say anything. Or just say what is necessary, like, say, if you drive taxis or something, where can I take you? Ew. Could you imagine the terror that white people would feel? And it's not about terrorizing them, but could you imagine the terror? Why? Because you would shake their whole perception of who they think they are. You would rock the very foundation of who they think they are. That entitlement, that privilege, how dare you have the audacity not to speak to them? How dare you have the audacity not to need them in that manner? Who are you? That just alone would be a psychological trip I would almost pay money to see. That's funny when you think about it. I would almost pay money to see that. Secondly, we look at, I look at um, one of the things that it also does in this experiment what it shows us is really how interwoven and interlaced and even dependent we become on white America. And we don't like to say that. We don't like to acknowledge that. So the lie that we tell ourselves is that there is this one America. That's one America. I'm an American. What do you mean white America? You know exactly what I mean. You're everyday America. The America you and I are forced to tolerate and deal with and contend with and compete in every single day. White America. So you trying to, if you had the intentions, if you were inclined to stay away from white people for a whole day, I think this experiment would show you, because it did to me, uh, they have made us um, dependent to a degree. And it's not, and, and, and I'm not saying that like we we could not, like we just volunteered to be dependent upon them, but I'm saying that like what it is, a real situation, that you are intentionally hindered, obstructed, blocked, from achieving or practicing self-determination. It's not advantageous for any people. I'm not even just going to say white people. For any people but you. For any people but you. You see the pariah. You see the parasites. You see the blood suckers, the leeches of the black community, ciphering money out, sucking the black community drop without a concern in the world. And their spots are some of the main spots that are making the black community uh, uh, magnets for law enforcement. What am I saying? Them the traps. Shit. You know what it is? Habib. Habibi. With the sandwiches. Yeah, Habibi. It's a trap. It's a trap. And not just a trap psychologically and physically. It's the dope trap. <laughs> Ramdat. What do you want today? Ramdat. Ramdat is the trap. It's the trap. I need a good old Billy Bob. Billy Bob is the trap. Anytime that you are spending with people that don't invest back in your community, it's a trap economically, physically. Uh, socially, culturally, and a lot of times, even the drug trap. They even allow it to go down like that. I would like to share, you know what, you know what, you know what, if this is successful, I would like to extend it to not just a day without white people, but how about a day without anybody that isn't black? I would eventually like to go there with it. I'm dead serious. I'd like to go a day with anybody that isn't black to reinforce the need for black nationalism and to show how far we are from really being together as a people. And the fact that this message sounds strange to you as a black person, the fact that someone is telling you, hey, stay away from other people, cling to yourself for a day. If that sounds strange to you, you need to go all the way back to the very basics and beginning. 
You need to go back to the very foundation on upon which you stand and have been taught because that isn't right. Anything that teaches you against yourself, anything that teaches you not to be with your own, anything that teaches you to look at people strange that call you to be with yourself and stay away from others, you need to examine that teaching. See, this is good teaching right here. This is all this is. This is good common sense. That's exactly what this is. It is about recognizing in real time your position. You always hear me quoting point number five of the 10-point platform in the program, and I believe it's number five. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's number five. I don't have my paperwork in front of me, so I'm shooting from the hip here. Work with me. If you know the answer, then again, you're listening to, let's talk about it with your boy Shaki Yangler. You know, we're talking about the day without white people. And, you know, press one, we'll recognize you, let you into the queue, and we can discuss it. Every opinion uh, is considered here. You know, I'm not going to say it's not going to be challenged because we accept opinions. We accept them to be that. Um, so I said that. So point number five, ten-point platform program of the Black uh, People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. What is it? We want a true history that teaches the decadent nature of this society, the so-called American society, as we have experienced it. And we want a history that teaches the black man and the black woman his role and his place in this so-called society or his perceived role and place in this so-called society. Why is this important? Why is this, why is this important? I think George Floyd really pointed out to me uh, how important it was. I think one of the things, and you've heard me say this, that really just sent people over the edge, over the top, was the realization that you could still be murdered and there'd be nothing done about, done about it. And with such glee, I mean, my dude was like posing like he had a buck. He had his hands in his pocket and shit, had his knee like he had a buck. See, all of that is symbolism and symbology and stuff like that that they're going to steer you away from because they don't want you to know really how grotesque this whole thing was. So they're gonna, they're, they're not gonna really go into it. But your nature knew. You could look at that photo and look in the eyes of that man and really know that he was a devil. He didn't possess it all at that time. He was a murderer, a barbarian. His very nature had taken control at the better of him. See, they work hard to subdue that beastal, uh, barbarous nature that they possess. They work very hard to subdue it. But, you know, every now and then it escapes them. And you have something like a George Floyd. Four or five of them on his back, one on his neck, and we're going to just kill him. The hell with it. For no other cause than we can. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So every now and then that nature comes out. So when you're dealing with a people with this type of nature, the last thing they want you to do is to see the reality of it, of their nature, and, and, and begin to sense your nature. Because you'll sort of act accordingly. Your nature, your very nature, if you follow your nature, listen to your nature, and quiet yourself sometimes. Ease up from the poison animals that they feed you. Ease up from the toxins that we take in our, in our body. My mouth is close to my ears. So don't walk on water here. But if we ease up from those things and really go into our very nature, then that very inner being, that's, that, that thing a lot of us like to call something. You know what I'm saying? Something told me not to do that. Or something said that that thing that we call something will bear witness to his wicked nature. But we can't hear it because of the noise, because of the cloudiness, because of uh, the very need to survive day to day. And in your survival, you don't have time to plan for really for a future and thrive. And the lack of the ability to do that just keeps you in the constant. That's why we're saying, you know what, let's take a day, 24 hours. Give yourself 24 hours without 
satanic shatanim, without the satanic influences and whispers, without the satanic uh, draw and allure and the dangling of instruments and ornaments in your face, whatever those instruments and ornaments and tingling of bells may be, give yourself 24 hours. Stay away from 24 hours. And then you're staying away from also, I would say, be in a right and exact mind state. Be in a black mind state. What is a black mind state, Brother Yang? It's nothing super political. It's nothing super spiritual. It's nothing super uh, cultural. It is just an awareness of who you are. That's a black mind state. You're black, aren't you? And if you acknowledge that you're black and claim to be black, then just be aware of being black. It's not confined to any box or defied by any one particular stature. None of that. It's just about being aware of who you are, aware of your surroundings, aware of, like I said, how you, because that, that very thing, brothers and sisters, could save your life, especially you young black brothers. Because I know y'all chilling, y'all being cool. I'm not worried about you. You know, there's a couple other brothers and sisters not really worried about you. We understand the thing. We were that we were was that age at one point in time. We roll like that, you know. So we we're not worried about you, but being aware of who you are and why we say that that is super important and, and super vital is because how you perceive is how people are going to act towards you. How you're perceived is how people are going to act towards you. So if people are intimidated by you, if people are fearful of you, they're going to react in that way and not at all times. Is it good for us? But when you, like I said before, when you're in the day-to-day grind, when you're going, when you're getting that dollar, you're caught up in survival, you're not really conscious of your blackness and the influence and how much of the devil's sway and just caught up in this world you are, you're not really conscious of that. You just get it. So when a George Floyd happens, a Mike Brown happens, when something happens to remind us exactly who you are, we're shocked. Then we're reacting. Well, what we're saying, you know, like I said before, here's an opportunity with this day away from white people to reflect on that. Let's be proactive. Shit, let's stay away from them before they kill us. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Just stay away. Get send a message that yo, I don't have to be around you. And for the ones to reiterate, and I got my brother on the line, and for the ones that have to be around them, don't say anything. And if your job necessitates that you must speak to them, say bare minimum. Say just enough to get the job accomplished for twenty four hours. Not only would that be, like I said before, a psychological trip that would be worth any ticket to see. I would love to see the white people's face if we as a people could just not deal with them for a whole day because white privilege and white entitlement is a beast. And they, you know, listen, they jump off buildings behind being denied entrance to a movie theater. You know, they cannot stand that someone actually doesn't need them. They have bitten into their own history and fables and tales. Give it back to them. And at the very least, what it would do to us, those of you that are, I ain't even going to say you have to be black nationalists at this point if you don't understand it. I'm saying black aware. Black aware. I don't even want to say black conscious because that got too much of a connotation. That makes you think you got to know about the pyramids. And we we flooded just the word consciousness with so much foolishness. You can't even use the word. You know, it's like conscious. Oh, you one of those. What is of those? Conscious? Uh, yeah, but I guess not because the way you saying it. So I'm just saying black aware. Just aware that I'm black. And all that that means to be black in America. And I'm fighting all that destroys that for all that builds it. That's all it means. Shit. If that just means something simply as, you know what I'm saying, you feel like they ain't giving you enough food stamps right now. You feel like you got four children. Yeah, we should fight to be self-sufficient, but in the meantime, in the free time, you don't feel like they're giving you enough, Sean? Then we need to work on that. How much is enough? What is the household? Because a lot of us are living below what they call, uh, what do they call it? Like something, living poverty or something. 
I forgot what oh, they call it. Yeah, we actually the, living the, lower, the, 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 the living standard. Lives. Yeah, we're, we're, we're probably we're functioning poor. Functioning poor. So what's going on, brother? Cool, man. Hey, we're cool, we're cool, family out there. Cool, everybody. Yeah, I was just I was just vibing on what you were saying, brother. I mean, you know, we talked about it last night, and I just wanted to add one more thing to that to people. I don't know if you touched on it because I was I'm traveling. But uh, the ownership part of it, you know, I want people to think about the fact that what can you really take from the white man's presence that would give you power? We say our dollars, but we really can't because we're unbalanced on that scale. So we can hold some of it back, but we don't have full control. We can't say the land because even if we own land, we have to go through the white man to get the land and then parlay with him until you fully maintain the land. So the only thing that you can really maintain, I think, is your social acceptance. We have the ability to control who we speak to and when we speak to them. But this experiment will test those bounds because can you really, can you really go 24 hours without speaking to them? I'm not talking about your willpower. I mean the way the system is set up, how intricately have the white man created the system to make us have to interact with him, even against mm. our own will. So are we really free? Mm. Well, but you know what? I didn't touch on that, Shaka. You made a good point. I forgot about that, that whole part of the discussion last night. Uh, and that, you know, and I like to tell a little bit what it was birthed out of. You know, we give – I was actually at the corner store dealing with another – you know, never our own dealing with another. And I was at the on the phone with Brother Shock, and I asked Brother, I asked the dude behind the counter for something. And it, you know, instead of just telling me what he got, he's gonna keep asking me what I want. Well, what do you want? I'm like, what do you have? I left. What do you want? And I'm getting frustrated because I don't like the way he's talking to me. So I, you know, I'm getting to my mission. I want free. I want a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? We need to be specific here. But it just reminded me, you know, and I told him I, I made the exchange. I said, hey, man, you know I spent too much money in here. I don't have to deal with that. And we was walking away in Shaka, and I one thing Shaka was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. The thing we got is our actions. We don't have to do a damn thing. Right. You don't have to do nothing. And that is the, and that's where this whole conversation really began to uh, take shape. And fruition. What if we took a day without them? Because that is the only thing you solely control. Like the brother said, you hold your dollar, but you can only hold that for so long because you're forced by necessity to go to the institutions that they had. You're gonna to go to the grocery store, your Walmart, you know, CVS. My son has asthma, and you know, he's diabetic, so I have to go get medicine. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you 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 forced by that, so you can I can hold my dollar, but yeah. For how long? Were you going to hold your dollar on entertainment? I mean, really, when you say your dollar, and I love I loved that in theory principle, but what can we hold our dollar enough or who against that they're really going to fill it because of our needs and necessities? We are so far from self-determination. Now, what we can do is accountable spending. Like we talked about that action. I can hold my dollar, but I tell you, I can't spend it with it. Right, and that's a big, you know what I'm saying. Speak on, bro. You know, and I, I, I don't, you know, I want people to understand that another aspect I want us to see is even in the workplace, can you really not speak to them? How easy? I want people to record this, and you can share it, you know, on on the radio show next week. You can do it between now and next Tuesday. Share it on the radio show, or share your findings you know, on my page or Brother Yanga's page or Facebook, whatever, or share with your friends. But I don't want people to kind of get into because, you know, a lot of us, we live around a lot of black people, depending where you live. Like, if you're in Atlanta, you don't have to deal with white people. You can stay in a bubble. But I want you to deliberately break your bubble and go into a surrounding where you are surrounded by white people and find how easy it is or how hard it is for you to just not say anything, you know, uh, and another thing, I think also when I, we were talking last night, Brother Yanga, I, I compared this situation to COVID-19 because for me that's where it sparked. It sparked because I read an article, and the first line in the article was, 
if a germ is left unchecked, it becomes a virus. And I was like, wow, that's deep, man. Like, to me, the germ is white supremacy or white nationalism. That's the germ. And it has been left unchecked. And now it has turned into a global virus that is killing all of us, and particularly black folks. Well, I looked at it, and I said, well, you know, if COVID is the same thing, and I learned that COVID-19 is a lot like HIV, it breaks you down and makes you susceptible to a bombardment of germs. Well, the same thing with white supremacy. It breaks us down on so many levels. It makes us susceptible to a lot of the pollutions that come with other white culture and things of that nature and the absence of our antibody, which is our culture. So the body shuts down. It's like, I can't do this no more. If I just be still, maybe it'll go away. And I said, well, that's crazy because we do the same thing as a people. We just, well, if we just, maybe we just talk to Maybe we try to be nice. It'll just, it'll just go all, Maybe we pray. It'll go all the way. You know what I mean? So then finally, following this science, the white men say, well, hey, we're going to create this thing called social distancing. And we want you to socially distance yourself, meaning don't put yourself in a direct line of fire. Put a mask on so that the germs don't enter your mouth. And don't touch things. Don't partake if you don't have to. Stay six feet away. And the purpose of this is to make it harder for the germ to enter your body, thus giving your body time to recuperate and become stronger to fight the germ. Well, this is our social distancing. We're going to social distance from white supremacy for 24 hours. And I want to be key because some of y'all out there are going to take it as just white people. No, not just white people. Don't talk to them. But socially distance yourself from their way of thinking, their way of acting, their way of moving, everything. Just for 24 hours, like Dr. Clark said, dip back into who you are. And if you don't know who you are, that's a good time to maybe try to find out who you are. But stray from doing everything yeah. that you normally do for 24 hours. Yeah. Socially distance your cultural distancing. That's what we're going to call it. Not social. We're going to call it cultural distancing. We want you to culturally distance yourself from that invading germ called white nationalism or white supremacy. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And it only makes, you know, at some point in time in the struggle, it only makes sense. You know, we jump to these grandiose ideas and themes, and we really rally behind the very big visions. And I understand that, you know, as a people who have been deprived of damn near everything, any type of enjoyment or celebration for any real accomplishment and achievement, we jump at anything that looks like it's, it's, it's happening. But this is the most practical, reasonable, realistic, revolutionary move any of us could possibly make. Honestly. You're not, I mean, exactly. you know, and like Shaka said, to reiterate what my brother said, man, um, document it. Share it with us. Get out there. Let us know how it went for you. If you get the tingles for not dealing with white people for 24, you know, 7, I'm like this. You know what I'm saying? If you can, like when I say stay away from the television, too. Television and radio, exactly. everything, you know, and let's talk about that. That's the beginnings of black nationalism. See, what happens is when you're exposed to a sickness, sometimes we don't know we have a sickness. So we'll defend the sickness, we'll defend that way, you know, um, because it's become a part of us. That parasite is just a part of us, so we don't know it's a parasite. It's like, man, you know you can have that removed, right? Nah, man, this is how it's born. I like it. It's born like girls say it's right. sexy. It don't bother you me. You know, we we'll say we we'll make any reason to have a third head. But the second, right, I just right. so stuck for the lot. But second, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anywho, right, 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 right. So with that, so with that, you know, here's an opportunity to really address that man and be honest with ourselves and be like, yo, it was a trip, and not just was it a trip. What I'm hoping it does is begin to hammer home the importance of black nationalism or practical black awareness in our life to be more more um, directed and focused blacks. You know what I'm saying? Not black by haphazard. Not black because someone else said this is what black is. Black is chicken wings and watermelon, homie. Black is gold teeth. Right, Not right. because someone, those are, those are aspects of our cultures I don't boo-boo on. 
but we also have to allow them to know that blacks is black is excellence, black is defense of our um, women and our children, black is black family, black is we have to take the reins and allow them to know what black is. And it goes back to why we got this a day away from white people. The only thing we control is our actions. See, that's how we begin to define what black is. Exactly. And there's a book, a a book that's called, uh, mm-hmm. oh, there's a book called Day of Absence, a story. It's mm-hmm. also a book. I'm a, I, we should, it's, it's about that. It's a day where a sector of the community, just the work, all the helpers and workers, they just disappeared. They just weren't there anymore. Wow. And, and the elite had to, the elite, they had to deal with that. And I hear a lot of people talk about mental health. I think that, you know, which is good. I mean, there's a lot of discussion in the black community and the revolutionary community about our mental health as African, new African people. So with that being said, this is the first time we can do this exercise to test our mental health, to see just how polluted we are. You know, I, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Do we have anybody on the line? Anybody on the line? You know, yeah, man. I mean, that's what I was about to say. Send it out. And anytime it crosses your mind, Shaka, send it out, man. Y'all want to talk about it with Shaka and your boy Yanga. If Listen, if you got an opinion on what you hear, hit one. And at any time, and let me, let me remind you guys, at any time, you can chime in. This is that type of show. We're just kicking it. i love to know what you think about the whole thing, how you think a day without white people would go. Do you think you're capable of pulling that off? How, how ingrained are white people in your life, personally? You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about it. Boom. There it is. Let's go to the lines real quick, Shaka. That's good. All right, let's go. Indeed. All right. Well, when you, your mic is open, 786-0863. All right. Well, hey, how you guys doing? Um, uh, I'm Tori. I actually met yeah, you last it. night. Hey, Brother Tori, what's going on, brother? Good, good to hear good, from you I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I've been there uh, just listening in, and uh, he actually he uh, brought this concept up to me uh, last night, and I, you know, I agree with it because uh, what he's saying is, is making sense. You, you're you're around something that's uh, detrimental to uh, our our mental process, and it has been for so long. And we keep that same uh, energy around us all the time. And you you learn to cope with it, but you're not learning how to you know really do anything about it once it, once it becomes negative. And I think it's really mm. playing uh, a part on not just uh, black people, but uh, white people who don't who don't understand how to deal with black people once they're around them. So uh, yeah, we definitely right. need to have this have this happen, you know. That's real. And, and brother that's Tory, real, there, brother Troy. He's had some deep stuff, you know. And I don't yeah, know. I'm gonna leave your mic open for a minute, bro. Yeah, yes, sir. Just uh, share with us. You know, I met brother Tory last night when I was driving Uber. You know, very interesting young yeah. man. And the brother, like, introduce yourself, brother, and tell him some of the things that we, you know, that you're involved in as far as ambition-wise for the people. I thought it was very interesting. Okay. Well, okay. I do live in Miami. Um, I, uh, I do a podcast myself uh, called uh, – it's for black mental health. It's called uh, We Are Rome, and Rome is, stands for Reinventing Our Mental Education. And uh, I speak on trying to get people uh, of color to understand that their mental education doesn't have to be the only thing that they know and how to reinvent it, and how to re-educate ourselves to have a stronger mental bond uh, within ourselves and within our families and community. Oh, man. Okay. I got a question before Shaka mm-hmm. jump back in there. Let me beat him to the punch. Yeah, because <laughs> that explains why you said something that I thought was profound. You said not just us. Us are, are not addressing the influences of white people. Uh, on our lives, not only affect us, but uh, affect them because they don't know how to deal with us. So basically, yes, let right. me ask this, man. It, it, somehow, are you saying what our not dealing with it creates a false narrative? Yeah, it, it not only creates a false narrative, but it keeps backing up what people think. It's like it's like building on top of a stereotype over and over again because we don't hmm. deal with it properly because, first of all, we're not taught how to. Um, we're, we're, we're given... I guess guidelines of what to, of what to do, how to get by, and just how to get by, and that's it. We don't deal. We don't learn how to actually deal with whatever's going on. If you're uh, a black man in a a prominent white place, you're gonna stand out, and you're gonna feel uncomfortable, and you don't know why you feel uncomfortable. 
and you never try to figure yeah. the root of that problem out. You know what I'm saying? That's good. It's, it's going to be a root to that issue. You don't figure that root out. But the thing is, at the same time, you're making someone who may be a white person just walking by. Now they're uncomfortable because they, because they see you. You know what I'm saying? So we don't know how to right. deal with those situations, and they don't either. And because they don't, they can't deal with it. It makes more of an issue. <laughs> I I so agree. I usually find that when I find people in in situations like that, and and I'm not even gonna front. I've been guilty a time or two of, at the very least, being intimidated to a degree where mm-hmm. I thought about dialing down my blackness. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's yeah. gonna man up and own up to that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's what happens. <laughs> What is this need to make sure that they're comfortable around us? Well, I mean, nothing is needed, but what needs uh, is it needs to be an understanding. And that's the only thing that I, I, I'm trying to get people to see that. I mean, it needs to be just be a mutual understanding, not just between white and black or any kind of color and someone in another color, just between people. Like at the same time, you got to see me as a man doing whatever I have to do to get by in life, and I see you right the same on. way, no matter what your color is. And the thing is, it's, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like it's so it's been so much easier for a person of color to be like, "Hey, I'm only here to to do my job and live on this earth, and and that's it. I have no reason for you to hate me. I have no reason to hate you. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that's right. that's where it comes in, like you were saying, not just like Shaka was saying, not just from white people, but just like from white supremacy, because it's, it's a huge difference between a, 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 just a white person and someone who feels superior to somebody else. And that's that's where another right. issue comes in, that, that whole superiority complex, because it's like if you if you really break down our anatomy and our, our genetic makeup, who's really superior when it comes to that? If you think about that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, exactly. so why do you feel a need to be superior? And superiority complex come out of fear. So that's what that builds from. You feel like if someone is so much better than you, you, you have to make yourself feel superior because you're afraid of that person or afraid of that group of people. We've got to break that fear. Wow. wow. You know, and, I, and I agree that another aspect of that, too, is the white supremacy. You know, give you an example. I had a, I had a young lady in my car. And we, she's mm-hmm. talking about the whole protest going on, Black Lives Matter, because she saw it on my, mm-hmm. my face mask. And she goes, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's really cool, but it's just one thing. I said, well, what is it? She said, you know, those young black people, they're just not organized. You know, they need to really organize the way Antifa is organized. I was like, you do know Antifa is not an all-white thing. You do understand that, right? I was, <laughs> so she got quiet. I was like, and she's like, well, my sister's part of it. Yeah, but that's a multicultural thing. I said, number two, these young black people, they are organized. It's just their agenda is different than Antifa's agenda. So exactly. they know what they're doing. They're just not doing that. And you know, exactly. she, So she right. goes on and, and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, but she kept insisting that she and her people are in some way superior to our people. And was takes me back to saying that white supremacy, if we're absent from white people for a day, they will have to accept the most difficult thing to accept with a superior or supremacy thought, rejection. They yeah, would have to yeah. withstand rejection because rejection yeah. humbles you. Like, you're not that yeah. important. I don't even need to talk to you. Man, you know, they would lock would, us they up. They would have to deal with that. If, we, if all <laughs> black people went a day without speaking, it, you could talk to me, boy. You better say something. They would have a fit. Man, you know, because it's, it's, it's real. But like you said, with that supremacy, because... I love what brother uh, Tory, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, right on. Yeah. Um, you were saying a little something earlier too about that supremacy and shock, and I always talk about it, but also how it just fills into like what you said. Not all white people really think in the supremacy mindset, but they can't yeah. help but to be affected by it because we live in a white supremacist society. Therefore, the sprinkle down mm-hmm. of white entitlement and white privilege. You know what I'm saying? Is always very real, even in the most well-meaning white folk. Mm-hmm. They just don't get it. They don't get our plight. They don't understand it. You know, they don't understand the relation with the police. I think even now with the whole George Floyd, I still don't think they understand the whole uh, police and black community dynamic. I think what they saw was horrific enough, and a lot of them are moved by the human rights aspect. But yet, but you know, it happened to black people. Just like they say, babies in Rwanda or in Chile, 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, it is sometimes, mm-hmm. and excuse me if I'm being cynical, if I'm being hard, but I just think this is the next, like, Madonna adopting African babies. You know what I'm saying? This is the next thing happening on the liberal agenda. Black Lives Matter. You know, was you there? It's Woodstock. It's perfect platform. 2020. Was you there? You know. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I was there. That's what it's going to be. You know, because for them, it's like the most white people, it is also a time to cleanse guilt. This is why I'm very critical when I hear black people say, I'm a black supremacist. No, you're not a black supremacist. There's no such thing. There's no need mm-hmm. for that, first of all. There's no need for it. Exactly. There's no need. We don't have to replace supremacy with supremacy. What we have exactly. to do, the only yes, thing sir. you can do to, to combat supremacy is to build fortitude within your own. Building exactly. fortitude in your own automatically outcasts anyone trying to say you're inferior because I don't really care about how you feel about me. That, mm-hmm. that eliminates your power right there. You know, exactly. we are reactionary to the point that that's part of our mental problem now. A lot of us are reacting in that mental poison that I wanted to get away from by saying, well, I'm a black supremacist. I hear a lot of people in the movement saying, I'm a black supremacist. I'm like, nah, that, that, nah I'm, not, I'm not with that one. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we, uh, yeah. for us, yeah, I'm not all kumbaya that. with it either. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm not kumbaya. <laughs> I'm not saying like, hey, we can all get along and have, you know, these uh, forgiveness camps. No. <laughs> At the same time, I don't have to be like, I'm superior. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm clear I, I, with my I people need to feel that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 don't, that I, I think that 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 need, that necessity to feel superior, is going to be even more toxic if we if you're always trying to one up somebody else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you, you keep pushing. Oh, I'm I, I'm I'm better at being at feeling superior than you are. No, I'm better at being at feeling superior than you. Are. Like, yeah. it, it, it's going to be a, a push back and forth that gets nowhere and gets mm-hmm. nothing done. Like and it, like you said, just Build that, build for yourself, build that fortitude for yourself, so that way nothing like so no one can tell you nothing about yourself, like that you don't already know, like no one. So you you, you got that I wall agree. built up, and then and then you can push for equality, but don't like, right. Just, yeah, that 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 black supremacy, that that's that's like saying reverse racism. Uh, that's yeah, nah. Absolutely. You know what? My my brief Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, my brief experience in that, I was talking to a, a well known black supremacist. You know what I'm saying? And I go on holiday. I was talking to King Noble. And uh, one thing that got me in with King Noble was talking to him, and I was telling him my problem with black supremacy. And he just really articulated it perfectly. He said, Yeah, after we get rid of the white people, we got to get rid of the light skinned people. Because the darker people, I was like, See, that's the problem with black supremacy. It just, it never stops. Like Brother Tory yeah. said, it's going to be someone. So then you have the darker play whose hair is the kinkiest. You know what I'm saying? It exactly. always has to be somebody at the top of the top of the hill. Shaka, let's go to the phone lines again, man. We get, um, have someone on. That's cool, fam. Yeah, let's do that. By all means. Hello? You're open. Hey, how's it going, fellas? I am... Um... Good conversation tonight. Um, I, I never quite understood why you would want to replicate something like white supremacy with something. Why, why would you want to replicate that model? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like somebody, I think we own something now. <laughs> like, why would you want to replicate? You're, you're speaking against the model, but then you want to replicate it like that. Exactly. exactly. Now. Yeah. I will say, and I do agree with Neely Fuller on this, it's a system that's very, very productive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can, you can create a lot of things with the system of racism, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with it, however, is that it needs bodies. Right. It yeah. grinds mm-hmm. them people mm-hmm. like a meat grinder. And you have to throw mm-hmm. bodies mm-hmm. in it. And there has to be blood. And there has to be war. And there has to be those things. It's an evil system. People have to be mistreated, and, and and that kind of thing. So when you know when people start saying, "Oh, white supremacists," I'm black, but number one, right now, and this where we where we are right now, black supremacy doesn't exist, and you can't mm-hmm. show me exactly. because black supremacy right, right on this system is something that you got to prove that it works. So if somebody right. says they're right. supremacist, my, my yeah. question then becomes where. Show exactly. Me. Yeah, right on. Exactly. Because if rapping right, right. if rapping would free us, we'd be free, baby. 
right, right, right. right. So I think that kind of talk is just is just what it is, and we've all mm-hmm. seen it, and we've all heard it. The you know the 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 you know the mad you know the mad black you know just we're this and we're that and we're better and blah blah blah, and that that doesn't get you anywhere. This is a thinking man's war. Mm-hmm. This is not a exactly. this, you can't emotion yourself mm-hmm. out of this war to win this war. This is a thinking man's war, which right. means you're gonna have to get to work on a whiteboard or somewhere <laughs> and start figuring out right. how right to, to dismantle this. But he he he's right because the, the system that we're looking at it has it has been uh, I won't say perfected but close over a number of decades. So it, it, it's been right. it's been at play for a long time. So if, if we want to catch up to that and try to find a way to basically dismantle that system and have a new, better system, then we got to get to the, the drawing board and figure something out. Yeah, I think one of the yeah. things we, we could do is, like, looking at this thing, this goes back to the, the original topic, which was 24 hours without white people. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. like, looking at white supremacy, I compare it to drug dealing. You know, I was in the streets. I did my little hand at the drug thing. And you can get a lot out of drug dealing. But the result is uh-huh. you destroy your community. You produce a lot of crime. Right. Yeah. A lot of people get hooked on drugs. It breaks down. Now, the second half of that is, okay, how do we dismantle that, 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 this crack thing going on? Well, you got to start not with the crack dealer necessarily, but to the person that's addicted on the drug. And then you're going to take mm-hmm. – let's look at the addiction. Right. So there's an addiction for the dealer, and there's an addiction for the person on drugs. One, both of them are escaping, but different ways. And I think one of the ways we can start to dismantle white supremacy is not attacking white supremacy directly, but attacking our lust for and our existence in and this neo mind state that has us recreating the same thing we're trying to get away. Because deep inside, even though you're calling yourself a black supremacist or you're so hard, you really still like them. You really kind of still admire them. Yeah. Yeah. So even when I want to get away from you, but deep down inside, I got a love affair for you. So I, I, even on yeah. my own, I'm going to be like you, you know? So we got to look at that. That's why this mental health thing is really, really, really like, you can't gloss over this. Don't point out. deal with this. And, and mm, don't point, point out there. Great book, France for Known, Wretched of the Earth. It talks all about the uh, yes. neocolonialism, how the Algerians just destroyed Algeria, the first regime after they ran France out of there. And, and we see it in our people. Check it, you know, we always to throw in the lid this in the political education show, but neocolonialism, big word, yo, my peeps, check it out. Find out what it is because we're suffering from that stuff. Uh I, I want to touch on a point though. Um, like y'all were talking, like you said, Chaka Man, and you broke it down when you brought it home to a street level. When you were talking about like dealing with the dope dealer and dealing with the attic and dealing with the attic first. Isn't that really what it's about? Supply and demand? If you kill the demand, you limit the supply. You start to really cut mm-hmm. the supply down because there's not a demand for it. So our exposing the addiction we have to to really white supremacy, you know what I'm saying, exposing right. the addiction, I think, is what you said, the first step. And I think this call for a day is really a good uh, move in that direction of really addressing where we're at in society as as how we're placed and how we place ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm, exactly. Right. And it needs to be done from the strongest of us too, because I don't care how profound we may be in the movement, how many years we got in the movement, or how smart we are with the text and all. We all, me included, we all suffer from this on some level. Mm-hmm. And until we look at it and put ourselves through that first exercise to evaluate yourself, we're not going to go nowhere. We're going to always go right back in the hole every time. Yep. You know, because this system well, has been designed where you have to deal with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're winding down on our last minutes, man. I like to give all our guests an opportunity, a couple minutes to uh, with some closing remarks. Definitely, Brother Tory, send out not just who you are and what you're representing, and but some contact info, man. You know what I'm saying? And with this mental health issue, but let's give you a couple minutes to round it out and close it out, brother. The floor is yours. Okay. Well. um, like I said, once again, my name is Tori. Um, I'm a resident of, of Miami. Um, you can catch me on uh, Spotify, uh, uh, any podcast station, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, and uh, just type in We Are Rome. 
R O M E. They're once again reinventing our mental education. I just want to uh, get black people to understand the roots of uh, some things that they that they deal with mentally and how to how to deal with that and to get a better generation going for a better way of thinking. Um, uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. You can catch me on uh, Instagram too, I guess. S X P C K. But uh, yeah, I mean I think that uh, what what you guys have here going is perfect. But you know get people to understand and hear and see some things that they can be doing to make themselves feel better. That way we can uplift our community. Hey, man, I appreciate that personally. Um, We're here every every Tuesday at 8 Shocking Out. Let's talk about it. I really, my prayers are and my hopes are that we would definitely have you on your level of expertise and understanding. And these things that we address, man, is invaluable because we go there, brother. I mean, we really did, you know what I'm saying? And to have somebody that can yeah, help us right. kind of put a name to it is great. Let's go to our other guests. I didn't catch your name when you first came on, man, but introduce yourself, brother, and who you represent, if anything. If you just black man, say, I be black man, represent black man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my name is Patrick. Um um, right now, I'm living in Toronto, Canada. Uh, Big up Canada. In addition stand up. to, yeah, yeah, in addition to, um, um, I grew, I originally from New York, but I, in addition to having a job, uh, I have a, I have a, a nonprofit here in Toronto called Masterminder, M Y N D E R, and it's a. Uh, with a partner of mine who's also from New York. Um, and we give free business consultancy to black aspiring entrepreneurs. So we're both consultants. Um, so we spend our time um, every other weekend and uh, we help uh, young and old, and old um, aspiring entrepreneurs, black entrepreneurs. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah. So we 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 spend our time doing it. it's free. It's a free service. We volunteer. We spend oh, our own money to do this. So, um, yeah, that's who I am. That's kind of what I do. And uh, great discussion. Okay. And, and and we and please, you know, you're always welcome here. This is your home as well. You know, um, and it's great to see that even across the real Mason Dixon, we we have our <laughs> brothers and sisters making moves up there. You know, as Michael said, anything below Canada is Mason Dixon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And exactly. it's good because this is a, we are a pan-African struggle. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, black nationalism is not just centered in America. You know, it's it's anywhere black people are. That's the pan-African side of it. You know, and that's beautiful. Exactly. exactly. You know, and, and I just I want us to keep moving like this, man. We really need to challenge ourselves. We really do. Absolutely. Yeah. We do. Listen, what I want to do, and I'm going to give Shaka an opportunity to do the same thing, is I'm going to give you guys, I don't know if you have pen or pad, but I'm going to give you my name. And it's the same as my email. You can catch me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I'm not all the social media wizardry. Uh, But it's Yanga, Y-A, as in Apple, N-G, as in God, A. Y A N G A Yanga, last name Nkrumah, N K R U M A H Nkrumah at gmail dot com. You also, like I said, can catch me on Facebook and Instagram. Man, please, you brothers, uh, email me, man, because I'm I'm, I'm interested in a deeper level to see what you guys are into, see how that works and everything. Shaka, is there anything you want to put out there, brother? Hey, definitely. You know, um, same thing for people out there on the radio as well. Come in every Tuesday, hit us up here, right here's location. Um, the next step is we're going to expand, let's talk about it, to the video realm as far as Zoom and things of that nature where we can have these in-depth conversations, and we really want to push, you know, solutions. And we want to push in-depth mm-hmm. thinking into the game, you know, not just reaction, right thinking on. into the game, you know, and that's why the video is very important. Uh, we that's a great idea. With the podcast, you know, we want to penetrate the media. Let's talk about it once to begin maybe gal- galvanizing others, too, to begin this, this situation. And lastly, reach out to me at Shaka and Casa Shakur on Facebook or 
Wukusu, W-U-K-U-S-U-7 at Instagram. Um, we starting, I'm launching a campaign with a, campa- uh, a sister, a comrade sister named Makita out of St. Louis. She runs with International uh, Uhuru Democratic Movement. And we're starting a schooling campaign to talk about how we can support our babies and not have them go back to these schools. Because schools are giving out waivers now that if your child dies in school, it is not the school's fault. Six, oh, no. I think it's six states have given out these waivers already. On top of that, there's an instance of a child in Indiana, I believe it is, who had her homework, and she's a young girl, homeworks to do. She didn't do the homework. She didn't log in. So the judge had her put in juvenile oh, uh, detention as part of delinquency. It's delinquency mm-hmm. now that these children are logging on. Now, we don't know if she didn't log on because she don't have Internet service. We have no idea. So we're, we're trying to build a nationwide network system where we can, one, inform each other, maybe get Internet to those who don't have it, and keep our children out of these schools. And we're, we're going to build more on that. That's really the sister's table, but I told her I would help her, and I would announce it. And she will probably be on the show next week, and we will do a follow-up show uh, maybe over the weekend, Yankee. We need to get together and get this video thing going hey, so we can have Sounds everyone good. on these Sounds brothers good. and that sister on. Shout Zoom out to Makita, too, for that, man. Great sister. Shout out yeah. to Chairman O'Malley at the telly. You know, the uh, yes. Democratic movement, man. Great movement. Check them out, too. Definitely got to send a big shout out to uh, to that movement as an institution. Yes, yes. For doing that institution in America. They do so, so well. Yes, sir. Oh, man, they and do that for those that don't know, Listen, I want to thank everyone for letting us beat on your eardrums this Tuesday at 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. I want to thank yes, everybody that chimed in, my man, Robert Torrey, everybody, the organization, everybody support. And with that, we're going to leave you as we, we do every Tuesday, which is Wakusu, baby. Wake up, king up, clean up, queen up, and stand up. Stand up. That's right.
I need is one life, one try, one breath, I'm one man. What I stand for, speak for itself. They don't understand and want to see me on top. Too egotistical, talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do. Wonder what my secret is. Niggas to move on you only if they know what your weaknesses. I have none. Too late to grab guns. I'm blasting because I'm a fool, nigga. Thought I wouldn't have that ass done. Fool you, niggas. What you call an infinite brawl? Eternal souls flashing. World gets deep. Some beef is everlasting. Complete with dick stars. Brothers knifing each other up in prison yards. Drama. Where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster. Every night it was like a cop would be killed. Body found in the dumpster. Gorilla hustler. Purchased my range. Niggas throwing dirt on my name. Jealous Christine's got they work and complain. Bitches left me because they thought I was finished. Should've knew she wasn't true. She came to me when a man caught a sentence. Diamonds are blinded. I never make the same mistakes. Moving with a change of pace. <laughs> 